doesn't seem that long ago now after you watch the video, does it? It's just like I remember where I was. I remember, um, I remember how I felt. I remember how I felt the years after that, maybe the days after that, then the months and the years after that. And those feelings kind of come back, don't they? They uh, That uh, was an invasion. It was, uh, it was horrible. Um, just a lot of tragedy, a lot of lives lost, families broken and torn apart through through that horrible day um, 21 years ago. And uh, 21 years, it's, it's not that long. Um, let's pray for those families right now that are left behind and affected in one way or another. Lord, we just lift them up. I think we all knew somebody or heard about somebody that lost somebody in in that tragedy. And uh, we just lift them up today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, let's bring the house lights back up. Thank you, Becca. Um, we show, or we have peace in America through a show of strength. And I, and I think a lot of times that we as Americans... Or we as Christians think like there's, there's one day when we don't have to be strong. And when that happens, the enemy will make sure that he takes advantage of us. We have to show strength in order to have peace. And that's what Jesus Christ actually did on the cross at Calvary. He brought, us, he brought us peace through strength. And he died on the cross for our sins. So I ask you today to remember all the lives that were lost. And uh, we need to continue to pray for our military and pray for leadership in America. And pray that we become stronger than ever. Amen. And we need to band together to keep our our country and our church strong. Amen. Um, so I want to make a couple of announcements. If you grab your bulletin, obviously the, the ladies event uh, went off great. We heard that they had like over 70 something people for ladies day. So Louis applaud the, uh, the ladies. And uh, the, you know, in, so I was telling uh, the, the church that for our men's retreat coming up on the 23rd, 24th, I said our goal was like to get over 70-something guys out there, so I hope that you sign up. And so, and, and the ladies were like, well, it's not a competition. I was like, the heck it ain't. <laughs> Amen. You can make a contest out of just about anything. And don't forget about the garage. Uh, so Randy the barber and uh, Pastor Mark are going to be doing that on September the 19th. So it'll be actually not this Monday, but the following Monday. So Matthew 23, 23, we're talking about back to school, back to church, back to Jesus. And we believe that uh, all of those are happening and need to happen. So the kids are back in school and... Uh, I guess a lot of the parents are probably pretty glad that they're finally back, and maybe um, your kids have, have not been to school. Maybe they've been on a Zoom call or whatever that was, and I got on my first Zoom call uh, the other day, uh, first one I've ever done before, and it was some pastors we're working through, some projects we're working on, and it's like, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll send you a link to it, and I'm thinking to myself, and I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I don't know about all the, I don't know what link means. 
we'll just, Terry, we'll just send you a link and then you get on it. So uh, I asked Janet, I said, man, can you just like be here and put a laptop in front of me and get on this link and everything? And uh, I don't know, it just seems weird sitting there talking to somebody on a camera. And I'm like, I talk and then they talk and this kind of thing. And uh, so anyways, uh, so if your kids have been on Zoom calls, uh, it's probably a good thing that they finally get back to school. Amen. Uh, And maybe you don't have a whole lot of hair left because you pulled a lot of it out during that. Um, So in Matthew 23, we'll just kind of go through and, and talk a little bit about what Jesus is talking about to the scribes and Pharisees. A scribe is somebody that's basically like a secretary that takes notes, and the Pharisees are the, the religious nut jobs of the, of the time. They're just the fanatical people. Uh, so Jesus kind of goes down these woes, and there's actually eight of them. I'll just read a couple. He starts in 23:13. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. So we all, we all know hypocrites. Hypocrites tell you to do something, and they're not actually doing it themselves. Can you guys see? I think it's a little dark in there. Can we turn them up a little bit more if you got any more light anywhere? Yeah, just all right. Amen. I didn't know if my glasses were getting weaker or what's going on here. Do you ever... When you get older, you pull out glass. I got a bag full of them. And <laughs> I just got, so you, I got to look at them, and then you don't have your glasses on to see what power you have. I'm like, well, what, what power is it? We're going through all kinds of, I'm going through a crisis right now. And then every once in a while, somebody that can't see, <laughs> worse than you, hands you their glasses. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm not that bad <laughs> Do you ever do that? I don't know why I'm telling you all my problems every week. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And he talks about the hypocrites. He says, you shut up the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, for you neither enter yourselves or not allow those who would enter to go in. And he goes, he talks in, in 16, he says, woe to you blind guides who say, and then he goes on and on. And I'm trying to get you to uh, Matthew 23, 23. And what I'm talking about is standards here. So a standard is a measurement, and it's something that is supposed to never change. If a standard changes, it's not a standard anymore. Amen? And it seems like in America, in some places, standards, say it with me, standards are being lowered. Let's say that in agreement. Standards are being lowered. And it's whatever job market, and I'm not even going to go into all of it because you know where it is, and you're like, man, this, these kids could, or this dude could never get a job back when I'm a, a standard got lowered, and they had to lower the standards to get the people in. Well, I want you to know God's standards never drop. They never lower. They're always the same. Um, so talking about uh, this in Matthew 23, 23, he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you tithe mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So the O-U-G-H-T, ought is a duty. Say that with me, duty. So here in this, he, uh, in the economy, it's ever-changing and inflation and uh, gas is this and that and the other. I didn't know that groceries were that high. I went grocery shopping the other day. I went grocery shopping Saturday. 
And I didn't really go grocery shopping. My dad just asked me to pick up some salt for our water purifier at the farm. He's like, Can you pay? I was like, I'll go, I'll go in. And uh, so I'm walking past. Do you ever act like you're not going to buy anything else but that? (laughs) This is it. I'm not buying anything else because this is too expensive. And then you get to the, it's like a corral now. And if you go to the Warrington Walmart, there is, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there's 25 or 30 checkout lines. You know how many of them are open? Zero. Ask, you say, well, where do you, where do you check out at? The self-checkout corral. It's where they corral. It's, there's like six of them in there. And I'm just like, I'm walking in, Lisa, and I'm like, we're looking around. And it's nothing but old people. And then we're, ah, we're all looking around at each other. And, and you, when you go in, I thought you had to, like, activate something. And I asked the lady, I go, like, I don't know how to work this. You check yourself out. And, uh, and I don't mean in a mirror. I mean with the scanner. <laughs> so I'm checking out the, the thing, and it's not working. And I told Lee, I said, this thing doesn't work. She goes, oh, honey. And they always come up with the honey thing. Oh, honey, you got to. And I go, well, I didn't know that. So I'm checking out all these things. And um, so on the way, I bought some sweet tea on the way out. I can't walk past sweet tea. And they got it. At the checkout aisle just for guys like me. And they reeled me in, man. And But I didn't know it was that expensive for six bottles, 20-ounce bottles, $7.48 for sweet tea. I was like, good golly, Miss Molly. I remember we used to buy a jug of sweet tea for a dollar, a full gallon. But anyways, inflation, everything's going up, whether it's eggs or meat or you know, sweet feet or sweet tea, it's going up. But the standard for, uh, in the Bible, has never changed. Um, so in, in the Bible, there's always been a tithe. And I know some of your Facebook friends and all your theologians or sidewalk psychologists go, oh, they don't do, you don't have to tithe anymore. If you're to church the tithes, you're, you don't know anything. Tell your Facebook friends this. There has been a tithe before the law. During the law and after the law. And it's all there in the Bible. And I'm reading the one out of the New Testament. And it's the one, watch this, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, tells you to do. And all it requires is 10% back. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you tithe, mint, dill, and cumin, and have neglected the way to your matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So make sure you understand justice, mercy, and faithfulness, but don't neglect to tithe. So what I was thinking about is inflation was, you know, it's going here, there, and everywhere. And I told some of you guys, my wife told me the bad news. We lost $6,000 in one of our investments last month. Some of you ought to say, oh my, or give me money. I don't know which one you should do, but any money that you put in this envelope, you'll get to see when you end up in glory. Let's pray. Lord, we just pray for the tithes and offerings today. Uh, everybody understands, Lord God, that your standards don't change. They can't change or there wouldn't be standards and it wouldn't be you. You're truthful and faithful, so we ask you to bless it today in the hands that give. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Applaud the Lord. Applaud, applaud, applaud.
Raise your hand and thank God your kids are back in school. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, verses 14 through 21. Uh, I actually been listening to uh, uh, Billy Graham for, for the last couple of days. And man, don't we need him to come back. I mean, when you like listening to preachers like him and Adrian Rogers and stuff like that, you're like, where's that preaching at? And, and uh, you know, the go easy bunch, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to handle Billy Graham. I mean, Billy Graham is like, you know, and doing this. So I like that kind of preaching. Would you rise and pray with me over this message? I believe it'll touch and change your life. Lord, we just pray today, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you help us with our shortcomings and bless our kids as they go off to school. Watch over them. And, uh, Lord God, let us not be too busy to be part of their lives. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So celebrate with applause and be seated and meet your neighbor. Hello. Thank you for being here. Be seated. All right. Quit talking. Stop. God's 100% reliable and 100% faithful, and I heard that from Billy Graham. So I wrote it down, and I told you that he said it, and I just kind of copied it, and I'm just saying it to you. So uh, I believe that you could just preach a bunch of Billy Graham's sermons and be fantastic. Um, so we're going to be talking about reconciliation. Reconciliation is to restore uh, to a friendly relationship or to make two things compatible. So if you're reconciling your bank statement, you're reconciling with what they have, say this, and then what you have. My wife, does anybody write checks still? You guys are old-fashioned, like my wife, good. There's like seven people in here that do checks. when, When it's time to reconcile, my wife is like a, just like, I don't know, she so wants it done and has to know where every penny is. That's why she doesn't let me have the checkbook. She's like, where, where's, what was that? And I go, I don't know. Just keep, here's what she tells me, just keep your receipts. Just keep your receipts. If you're a guy, just keep your receipts. Um, so this is all about reconciliation. This is about your child. This is about uh, you sending them back to school. We're going to send them back with a new attitude. Let's talk about that. We'll start in 5.11. It says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. That's our job, to persuade others into Jesus, into a life of Jesus, into a relationship with Jesus, for your kids to have a relationship with Jesus. And, and this, say this with me, class, this be a new year. This be a new year as you're sending your kids off. We don't have to be in a hurry. We don't have to push them out the door. We don't have to push them out of the car. And you see this happen in our society today. They, they, get, they get shoveled off to school. They get pushed out the door. They're there too long. And they learn about things that you can't sign off on. You bring them back, and then we're supposed to all be happy together. So here's what I challenge you to do today is persuade your kids to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Good idea. If it is, you can just say something. I don't know. Amen. So with the way that would start was you get up in the morning, you're fixing them breakfast, whether it's 
you know, it's eggs or cereal, whatever, and mom or dad, whoever it is, already has the Bible open, already has the devotion ready to go, and you're just sitting there, you go, okay, we're going to, and it could be five minutes or it could be one minute or whatever, you're going to teach them about the things of God. Because let's be honest, in public school now, they teach some of your kids stuff you don't want them to know about anyways. And that'll be between you and the PTA meeting. You need to go there and voice your concerns. Say, we didn't send our kids here so you could tell them about your lifestyle with whoever it is. That's not what's... Am I at the right church here today? I'm trying to tell you about what's going on. I mean, I didn't know when it was... I'm not going to get into it. I, I, you know. Um, Yeah, praise God. I was going to do it, but I'm not. Um... So we're going to do that. We're going to persuade. So, and uh, and then we're going to do that. And then we're going to do that before we go to bed. Uh, your kids are going to be uh, born again. They're going to start learning about Jesus, and it'll be sufficient to counter uh, anything that that might slip through the cracks and they try to get into their minds. Okay. So he says we persuade others. I'm still in eleven, but we. Uh, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast uh, about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For as we are beside ourselves, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Say that. For the love of Christ. One more time. For the love. It controls me. It restrains me. The Holy Spirit restrains me from doing something totally stupid. Let's be honest. If you're a guy, it can happen at any moment. I just tell you something because it's happened to me as of lately. And it's happened through the realm of ice cream. I'm just Last night, me and Brock are sitting there at the kitchen table. It's Pastor Aaron's boy. And, and uh, we're sitting there. And we, normally we got like ice cream bars or something for emergencies that I can have a quick fix. And, and then he's like, oh, Uncle Pat, all you got is this big tub. And he drops it. And it's like a bomb. And uh, we've been at the farm all day and this, that. And he, his hands are just dirtier and all get out. And he starts scooping it up in there. And dropping it in there. He's like, Uncle Pat, do you want some? I'm like, I'm sitting here, ain't I? <laughs> and then uh, Rick Zamparia gave me for my birthday a couple of packs of, uh, we don't normally get them, but they're li- like little Debbies or something. Swiss rolls. Nutty bars. Oatmeal, say it with me. Oatmeal cakes. Oh, my gosh. Help me. Well, I just figured that I needed to put it all in the bowl. I said, Brock, in the cabinet on the third shelf behind the flower, I got some Swiss rolls and some nutty bars. Would you fetch them for an old person, please? And I just crumbled all up in there. And my wife comes over. She goes, why in the world do you feel like you need to do that? I said, because it's available. Doesn't it sound like you're good? So... We need to be controlled. What does it say? We need to be controlled by love. For the love of Christ controls us and it restrains us from doing something totally stupid. 
because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, say that with me, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. And we know who that is, and that's Jesus Christ. And if you love him, say his name right now. Amen. So uh, yesterday we was at Winfield, and uh, I'm going to tell you what, it was, it, was a, it was the greatest time. And that group out there met our group, and we was shouting, and we was in the gym, and uh, they, did, they did such a great job. And I was preaching this message to them. And I told them, uh, I, and we're talking about Jesus and sending the kids off to school. And we know that there needs to be some more Jesus in our public schools and, and this kind of thing. And the love of Jesus in the schools. And they were so excited about that. Uh, and then one, there was a, a guy that was there that ended up joining the church there. And I thought, what a, what a great thing to join a, a group of fellow believers, isn't it? When we just get together and we, and we join up and people are baptized and they're saved, and that's something we're shouting about. And then I read this. I said, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, say it with me, class, the new has come. So let, let, me, let me talk to you about your kids. It don't matter what your kids did last year. It don't matter if they flunked. It don't matter if they was in detention. It don't matter if they missed school. It don't matter if they were sick. All things are new through Jesus Christ. And that means health. That means grades. That means relational. That means all things. Say it to your neighbor. All things. God is reliable. And everything is subject to change according to the Lord. All of this, let's read on. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Let's go back to, to this reconciliation. So I was there last night and I was preaching this and uh, it was a real cool environment. We was in the gym and I was on a stage and I got to come down and, and talk about this reconciliation. Reconciliation is to restore to a friendly relationship. So, and you go, well, I thought we was, a, I mean, if you go around through the world, everybody's talking, oh, God, or don't you remember back at, uh, uh, after 9-11 happened in 2000, whatever, everybody's, oh, bless God, the churches were filled up. This church was packed. This church was packed. I had, I had all kinds of, we had 1,000 people here. Say it with me, the church was packed. Reconciliation, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying, they knew that they needed to reconcile their relationship with God. Because all that in 2001, it just happened, just bam, and just, and, and, and our world was changed forever. And don't you remember that churches were full and everybody, oh, bless God and, and bless the USA and God bless, say it with me, God bless America. 
Oh, we was on a campaign then. And then after a while, it just kind of starts to dwindle back. And then, we, Gloria, we start going back to our old ways. Go, what, what do you mean? What, what do you mean, God bless? So we, now we're in a different society. Now we're this and we're that. And all the things that are important aren't important, are they? Because they never got to, well, it's a politician or it's a woke society and it's all this and all this. And whatever happened to God bless America? What happened? Everybody had that stuck on their, their banners. They had it on their house. They had it on their cars. And all of a sudden, we kind of got away from that for a while because, you know, going to church is really kind of inconvenient. And I'm just, we're so busy right now, we just can't make it. Okay. But when a tragedy strikes like that, all of a sudden, it's all God bless America and I want to be reconciled back to your kingdom. And that's all good. God will take you back anytime you're done messing with the devil. I'll ask you to rise as I get ready to release this here. Well, it be a little early here, but I want to make sure you understand what reconciliation means. So we all know that something's missing. I'm talking about your kids, you and your kids and me and everything. And, 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 and when we went through this tragedy in 9-11, it's just horrible, horrible. Running around, God bless America, and, and uh, we hope that the kids are safe. And we, we've heard about all the tragedies that are going on in the, in the world, in the schools, and in malls, and stuff like this. And everybody, all, all of a sudden, everybody cues into the, they cue into the, into the TV, and they, they hope it ain't their school. They hope it ain't their mall. And uh, God bless America. Well, but God bless America. But we're just going to go ahead and, and continue to teach all this, this craziness and this, uh, this society where you could do, and we, and we, as grown adults, we lie to our kids every morning. And the politicians and the teachers and the parents start lying to their kids. Oh, we, as, as long as little Johnny's happy, we just let him do whatever he wants back there, Terry. We just, and little Susie, we don't, woo, we want, here's what I heard this week. You need to be, hey, I need to be a little nicer. Look at me, everybody. My job ain't to be nice. I'll say it over here. You're not getting it. My job ain't to be nice. My job's to be your pastor, not your pal. You want a pal? Go out and get one. I'm the pastor. I'm going to preach the truth up in here. Well, that was about a golf clap. Be nicer. You be nicer too, Mike. Be nice. I got to be nice now. Senior, remind me to be nice. You're, you got to be nice. Try to be nice. What I'm trying to do is get God's people reconciled back to him. And I, everybody's just kind of baffled. And I go, well, what the heck are you talking about, Pastor? You're talking crazy. No, I'm not. I'm talking Genesis. So back in the beginning... Watch this, class. This is, this is low-hanging fruit right now. In the beginning, it was God and a man and a woman. And the woman was made out of a man. I'm going to give everybody a history lesson you can take back to your public school. Tell everybody in society what Pastor Pat said from this podium. God only made two genders. Look at me. I'm going to tell you what they are. I know it's kind of confusing. Male. Oh, hold on. I'm going to make sure I say it slow. And female. And I, I'm married to a female. Is everybody okay? 
You still want me to be nice or you want me to tell you a lie? I could lie to you. You want me to come up here and lie to you? We just would lie. We'll, we'll make it story time. And I want to be your pal, Ashley. I want to be your pal. Be your friend, pal. Gag me with a jackhammer. I don't, want to, I don't want to ever go to that church. Slap me if that ever comes out of my mouth. Slap me. God originally had communion with this man and this woman, and it was a cool thing. It was a great thing. They lived in this, this wonderful, can I call it utopia and you not destroy me theologically, Pastor Mark? A bliss or heaven on earth, basically. And Pastor Jay, they could they could run around and do everything. They didn't even have clothes on back then. Woo! And God said, You can do whatever you want here. Take care of the plants and make sure that you take care of the animals. But guess what? There's one tree I don't want you to eat from. Guess what they did? They went, oh, you know what they did because you had kids like that. Don't touch that. Don't touch the oven. Don't touch it. That, that paint's wet still. Look at your neighbor while I'm talking. Why do we keep playing games, Bill? We just, it's like, it's like a game. It's like, it's like pretend game. I think God's just sick and tired of pretend up to here. He's tired of the games. We can't play games at this church. The stakes are too high. So they have, after they ate from the tree that they shouldn't ate from, Sin entered the world. Sin is described as all wrongdoing in 1 John 5, 17. So now that they've done wrong and they've sinned, God can't have them living in his, his heaven on earth because sin can't be in the presence of holiness. <laughs> I just preached to me and you. So what did he do about it? He kicked the kids out. You can't be here. You're too sin-riddled and sinful. Mrs. Strain, how do you get back in the garden? Be covered in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And you can be reconciled back into the place. But you can't get there any other way. I told the church last night up there in Winfield in New Salem, if anybody's watching the broadcast, it would make me crazy if I knew that one of my kids wasn't born again. I would, I, would, I, would be visiting, I would be visiting my daughter's college where she's at and I would, be, I would make sure that she was born again. I could, or my grandson way down yonder. I may go out on the football field and tell him, Chase, didn't you understand when grandpa was preaching? You sat in my church since the day you was born.
You can't keep lying to your children and send them out to the door and going to school in these schools where they're teaching lie after lie after lie. You have to tell the kids the truth. The only way into heaven is through the blood of the Lamb. Oh, Lord Jesus. Who can stand it any longer? Lie on top of lie, trying to make everybody feel good. Trying to make everybody a little bit nicer. See, what happens is, is when people think that you're nice, they take that for weakness and they walk over you like a doormat. Hey, I might be a Christian, but I ain't no dang doormat. Don't try to walk over me, old son. I'll be on you like an alley cat. But it's all got to be done in love. So what we're going to do is we're going to start we're going to start a crusade to expand God's kingdom. I, I, I talked about it last night. It's going to be kingdom first, and then it's going to be kindness, and then it's going to be caring. And those are the three words we're going to stick to. And we're going to change this whole dang city and this state and this country through the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're on board, I want you to come down. I want you to come down. Just, just start walking down here. Say, I need to be praying for the kingdom. I need to be kind and I need to be caring. It needs to start with me and I need to pray for my kids before I send them off to school. I'll have Mike get up here. Mike, if you would, you're praying for everybody. Do you know that God called you to be parents and not pals? Chuck, you're not a pal. You're not a pal. Parents, quit acting like your kid's pal. Friend, we're friends. We're friends. He's my friend. He ain't your friend. He's your child. I love my kids way too much to be the friend. Way too much. Nobody, nobody loves their kids the way Pastor Pat does. I love them. I'd fight for them all the way to the, to the end. I guess we only really get one shot to be a parent, one shot to be a grandparent. I don't want to mess it up too much. And if you have messed it up, you can, you can repent of that too. God allows you turns. Remember, I just told you about that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You become a new creature in Christ. You, and, if, and God told me that. I was in my front room and on my knees, and that was the biggest release, Sarah, that I ever God says, you're a new creature. The old things don't count anymore. I was like, thank God for that. Isn't that a weight lifted off your shoulders? Man, I'm telling you What? I feel revived today. When I got off my knees, uh, Tom Comer, I got off my knees, I said, thank God that you reminded me of that. That all things are new. That, that stuff ain't going to be counted against me anymore because it's been covered by the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus Christ has forgiven me of that. Amen. Man, I ain't got to drag that around anymore. Don't let the devil keep bringing that up in your life. Oh, Lord Jesus. Brother Mike, would you pray for us, sir?
made a way for each and every one of us to receive your grace and mercy by only all we have to do is ask you into our hearts, Lord, and you give us a, you give us a new heart, Lord. We thank you for that, Lord, and we raise up our children to you and our grandchildren, Lord, as they uh, go off into, into whatever school they're in, Lord, whether it's a public or a all of those schools, Lord, we just pray that uh, there's prayer in the Bible and that your word is being taught and learned, Lord, and we just pray protection over our children, Lord. It's our responsibility as the, as the adults, the parents and the grandchildren to teach our children, and uh, it's not the schools, Lord, it's ours, Lord, so we need to arm our children before they go off in the morning and, the, and when they come home that they know, Lord, they know you that you are, you are what is, is, is important, the most important thing in our lives, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, that like this pulpit here today, Pastor Pat preaching the truth, Lord, and uh, letting us, we, we have to tell the truth, Lord, that, that there is only one way, male and female, the way you create it, Lord, not the way we want to we wanna, uh, uh, fabricate it and fornicate it, Lord. It, that is, it, it's, that's evil, Lord, and we just pray that there's pulpits all around the nation. There's pastors standing in these pulpits and telling the truth, Lord, like Billy Graham did for years and years and years, Lord. It's got to be fire and brimstone, Lord. We have to tell the truth. We have to walk the truth and live the truth, Lord. When, 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 we, when the light goes out and darkness comes in, Lord, and that's what we're seeing in, in schools and in workplaces and places all around, even families all around the world, Lord, when we don't pray and we don't open up our Bibles, there's something else that comes in, Lord, and it's not good. And we are, we're called in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 to be disciples, to go out and teach the world, tell the world about you, Lord, about the good news of you, and raise people up, Lord, and under your, your guidance and your kingdom, Lord. So we just thank you. We praise you. We love you, Lord. Thank you for saving us. And anybody that hasn't given their, li their life to the Lord, please do it today. Life is short. Please do it today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, amen. amen.